Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. I am your co-host Cliff Schechter. Here with that other guy, John Aravosis. The other guy. Hello. 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 Um, We're going to talk about Joe Biden's speech or press conference. Um, Seemed like a speech at times. He definitely went into a lot of detail and refuted a lot of BS and uh, was pretty good. Um, Messaging. He was good. We'll talk about it. Uh, We're also going to discuss filibusters and such, Um, you know, cinema and uh, mansion and yuck. Um, We're going to talk about and we'll get into discussion of voting rights and some of those kinds of things along those lines. Um, Uh, Maybe worth mentioning, you know, yeah, the Supreme Court rejects Trump's attempt, of course, not Clarence Thomas. Of, of Ginny and Clarence. You know, let's um, just start with that and we can just, just do a couple minutes because I really want to jump into Biden's speech, but let's just start with the Supreme Court stuff anyway because I don't think there's a lot to say other than hooray, but tell well, people what, what they actually decided. The most, so he, you know, he was trying to get executive privilege, which is so that he wouldn't have to turn over documents relating to January 6th. And, well, and, and, actually, let's be more specific. It, so that the archives didn't have to turn over the presidential records dealing with around the time of January 6th. So it wasn't Trump himself right. turning them over. He didn't want the National Archives to turn over the presidential well, records. Yeah. And Biden had stepped in and said, you know, current president decides executive privilege. There's no executive privilege. You can have them. Trump said no. Supreme Court agreed with us. Well, I mean, but it says something that that in law, this is so clear. Yeah, there is, there is yeah. literally I mean, it just it tells you it's really I mean, when you think about, it, you know, you think about Republican presidents, George H.W. Bush seemed like downright moderate compared to the last two we've had, including yeah. his son. <clears throat> and yet. Like that legacy, man, he put he put Clarence Thomas on that court to take over a Thurgood Marshall seat, which is like an abomination. Yeah. Thurgood Marshall, has everybody may or may not know, argued the Brown versus Board case in front of the Supreme Court. Which Mr. Ginny Thomas, you mean? Ju- Justice, Justice, well, Mr. Clarence. But I'm talking about Thurgood Marshall now. Oh, oh argued, no. I, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brown versus Board case successfully that desegregated yep. our schools. Uh, yep. It was a civil rights icon and hero and eventually was elevated to the Supreme Court. Um, I believe it was LBJ who put him on, and he was. Um, and then, of course, when he left the court, they're like, "Let's replace the black guy with another black guy." And instead, they yeah. found literally maybe the worst, the worst black, black guy, guy you could ever in find. the history of the United <sighs> States. It's, it's yeah. close. I mean, uh, well, we can get to the overall thing, but I mean, in the end, there was no basis in law for Clarence Thomas to make that decision. Yep. Uh, I mean, just as as there's no way. In 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 yeah. past incarnations of our Senate, I would, as I've said before, the Senate that reject that under Ronald Reagan that rejected Jeff Sessions, and said that he made positive comments about the Klan, <laughs> which is another thing we can get to because there's something related to that today, out there. Um, but and said that because he had said positive things about the Klan, they wouldn't allow him to become a federal judge. He was rejected from that. So of course, then he went straight to the the sadly a large group of racist people in Alabama and got himself elected senator. Um, but that, that the Republicans controlled that Senate and they rejected him. If we had that Senate, if we were back in the 1980s, Clarence Thomas probably would have, the threat of impeachment would be so severe that he would have to step down because that's what we were looking at back then. Like you had at least a dozen, I want to say, or more Republicans who refused to put Jeff Sessions on the court. Clarence Thomas, remember, we didn't filibuster Supreme Court justices back then because it just wasn't done, even though the filibuster existed. So 
he got on, what did he get on? 52-48, 51-49? It was something mm-hmm. like that. Skin of his teeth. And he has been utterly awful. There's no basis in law. So all these things now that are coming before the Supreme Court that have to do with Ginny Thomas, the fact that she worked with the Stop the Steal movement, the fact that she was started one of the people that supported busing people to the Capitol the day that they attacked our Capitol for the first time in yeah. 100 years and smeared feces on the walls and broke windows and attacked police. Yeah, yeah he won't recuse himself from any of these cases, which is ridiculous. Because he has a conflict of interest because his own wife is basically a party. I mean, mean, literally, his wife could potentially be held criminally liable. That's what we're talking about. We don't know that. I'm not saying that, but she could be for what she did. She certainly could be held civilly liable, too. He won't recuse himself from any of that. He's spoken in front of Koch brothers. I mean, it's just the whole system is is a joke at this point. In any case, that's what you're looking at. But to end this part of our program, eight justices including the other right-wing, the, even the, the two mo- biggest right-wing goons besides him, Gorsuch and Alito, and only slightly lesser right-wing goons and right. accused sexual assaulter, Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett also sided uh, with the only thing you could do if you yeah. believed in following yeah. the law. So it was an 8-1 overwhelming yeah. decision against Trump. Yeah. So, now, <clears throat> what I'd heard this morning was, Part of what makes this particularly interesting for all of the other people who are being subpoenaed by the January 6th committee, you know how all the Trumpers are claiming executive privilege, right? I mean, every single one of them, actually, meaning uh, conversations with the president are protected, in essence. And what they're saying is the court actually said that – I forgot what it was. They didn't need to get to the merits of of – Oh, they didn't need to get to the merits of the Biden versus Trump. Does a former president get some executive privilege? You know, that kind of crap, right? They said because the stuff that they're discussing isn't executive isn't covered by executive privilege. <laughs> and what and what the other court analysts were saying this morning on CNN was, you know, if that's the ruling, then it's gonna be very hard for everybody else to claim executive privilege for all the documents relating to the issue that the president's own documents are not covered by executive privilege, then how are theirs? Right. So it it um, the other thing was we found out that uh, the committee got a hold of uh, phone records, not conversations, but phone records for Gilfoyle. I believe Gilfoyle. I believe Gilfoyle because her name was mentioned. But um, who was it? Was it? Uh, shoot, I'm forgetting. Who was the? Uh, it was some of the kids. Yeah, it? Um, it was. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, I think I usually count on your stellar America. memory for these things. Yeah, uh, no, except um, for it's not a memory thing because I didn't know. <laughs> oh, so hang on. Problem um, is that uh, yeah. Are they seeking? The, well, wait. They're seeking the phone records. This no, this was a couple of days ago. Yeah, they're seeking the phone records for Eric Trump and Gilfoyle. They're seeking them. I'm sorry. That's right. It was um, Eric. Okay, right. I and in principle, cool. there isn't much of a defense to those being released because they're literally your phone records. They're not uh, details of. They're not the actual call substance. They're who did you call? Who called you? How right. long was the I call? I want to explain something happen? quickly. Yep. Um, you know, for people like I, it's funny John make that made that sort of little. Not it was a joke or whatever it was about my memory. The problem is you've got a good memory though, yeah. But the problem is, no matter how good your memory is, it's hard to keep all this stuff straight because the 9/11 Commission <laughs> just had Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, um, who else, and a group of a, a group of these other you know these other clowns, you know, high up clowns who tried to overthrow our election. Uh, Letitia James in New York just came out very oh, forcefully right. right. saying to everyone that. She's demanding uh, that she will be. What, what was the what was it, the language used, John? Is she subpoenaing, or is she records, or is she actually subpoenaing them? Ivanka, um, John Jr., 
and Trump when it comes to potential criminal activity. I think she, by I think she subpoenaed them to testify. Um, let me pull it up again. But I See, think that's it my actually, problem here is that you normally yeah. don't have one group of people who where they're fighting out protecting themselves in the Supreme Court. They're being subpoenaed by a, a commission on an attempted coup in our country. And they're also yeah. being yep. subpoenaed by the attorney general of the what fourth largest state in the country um, for for. And actually, that is that is what she did. She she subpoenaed to compel Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka to testify under oath about significant evidence. I'm going to defend my memory here. And I forget shit all the time now. I'm getting older. But like, who can keep track of all of this? Yeah. You know what? It's getting very we're getting into Trump news overload again already. It like went from zero to 60 in the last month. You know, it did. He's but everywhere I mean, like now. most of this, besides his stupid, you know, uh, his stupid stand-up routine he did, you know, recently it was in Arizona and 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 whatever. Most of it is of mm-hmm. the news that we always wanted, right? Yeah. I mean, most of it's the good news, which is the Supreme yeah. Court rejecting his ridiculous claims, subpoenas finally, a subpoena for him finally in a criminal case in New York, a subpoena for those directly around him, Giuliani, Powell, whatever, by the January sixth committee. As you were just saying, phone records for Eric Trump and what I mean, like it's it's all the stuff that should have happened with this utterly incompetent, just thoroughly corrupt person. Um, But like, you know, it's hard to keep track. And I apologize because, like, Mm -hmm. we've got all sorts of entities. We've got congressional entities. We've got the DOJ. You know, we've got uh, the the New York attorney general. I mean, the Supreme Court, like it's everywhere because they're criminals. That's why. Right. Okay. In any case. Huh. Um, so anyway, yay. That's that's the good news. So let's get a little jump into right to uh, to Biden's press conference. Um, so went pretty well. Um, it was funny at first, Cliff, I was getting bored, but then I was like, then I was divided because here's my thing. What I meant by getting bored was I meant Biden's initial uh, initial presentation because he talked for about 10 minutes or so, maybe 15. And I really wanted that to be a much tighter presentation of, you know, boom, 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 you know, that, sorry, turning off my ring around my phone, you know, boom, 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 you know, just a couple right. talking, like Cliff, we always talk about three talking points, three talking points, nail them and move on to the discussion. But I think like some of the best presentations I've ever seen is where people go, I'm not going to talk for 20 minutes. I'm going to talk about three things. And literally, it, there's no doubt. And it makes everybody actually, happy. You know, I'll just say quickly, <laughs> I, I, I actually yeah. make that when I'm invited to, whenever I'm invited mm-hmm. to speak places, most recently I, I, you know, was asked to talk about what good creative is at the American Association of Political Consultants a yep. meeting in Vegas pre-Omicron about two months ago. Yep. You know, whenever I go somewhere and, you know, that's what I do. I start off and I said, well, right. you know, they, they want to, people will ask you these broad ranging things and you, it's up to you to make right. it understandable and straightforward so that people get it. Right. And to frame it in a way so that what you say fits, it, it becomes part of the context so people get it. Yep. Um, one person I will say quickly, and we'll get back to this because we're going to talk about Biden still, who (laughs) seems to be incredibly good at this, um, and is my new choice for Senate majority leader, if we hold on to the majority is Amy Klobuchar, who just is just hit it out of the park the other day on, on voting rights and whatever. Oh, I didn't see what she did. She She just stood up in the Senate after, you know, when the Republicans were saying, oh, this would destroy history. And she's like, well, actually. Uh, you know, she sort of separated and made a couple of key points. One, the filibuster has changed however many, 45 times over the years. Two, Mitch McConnell himself changed the filibuster recently, as recently as five years ago or whatever, you know, three years ago, whenever, you know, with Gorsuch. 
right? Five years ago, they got rid of it. So, you know, so she made, she started with a couple key points and then she went into the details of each of them and put them each in context. And she started naming the times that, that, and did it in very forceful, strong language, hmm. you know, about naming the times that Senate had made exceptions to the filibuster rule. Turns out if there's an accident in space, John, hmm. um, we don't need it. If there's an accident in space and need funding, like, you know, with satellites or whatever, they they made a decision at some point in like the 70s or 80s that that could not be filibustered. Hmm. So, I mean, things I didn't even know, right? We knew about right. reconciliation. That didn't used to, I knew that didn't used to exist. Because I remember we used to fight on these budget bills and worry, do we have the votes? I don't know when that came into being, but suddenly budget stuff was no longer, we you could use reconciliation. It was no longer subject to filibuster. I mean, there's right. numerous of these things. Now, the right. budget stuff makes some sense, you could argue, if you're going to carve out important things. I mean, again, I'm forgetting rid of the whole damn thing. But if you're going to say we're only going to carve out important stuff, but she started listing some of the randomly ridiculous hmm. things like space accidents, you know. Right. It's important if Space Force gets into trouble while invading Mars that we uh, not not have uh, not need, uh, you know, 60 yeah. votes to be able to take care of that, making sure everybody can vote hmm. and that voting boards aren't filled with Republicans who overthrow our elections. That's, that, t- that takes 60 votes. Right. That's less hmm. important. In any case, I've diverged. Go back. No, but that's to good, though. But it was said. good, though. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, but no. So getting. But any case, just that. But that was minor quibble, though. At the intro, I just. I, I think he needed to be boom, boom, boom. Get it over with. Um, but it was. It was pretty good. I mean, he went for two hours. He had some flubs. He had an important flub on Russia, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, he went for two hours, which was important, right? Because you know the right wing has been trying to portray him as feeble-minded and blah blah blah, and sleeps all day and blah blah blah. And he went for two hours, was very good. And even the reporters were saying, didn't ignore any questions, didn't blow off any questions, didn't get angry at anybody. You know, one guy was a dick. I, I don't know who he was with. And he said, "Well, I you know I have to talk about the you know elephant in the room." where everyone is talking about whether your mental capacities are still there and throws all this at him. And Biden like looked at him and he said something like, move on. <laughs> and he said, next question. <laughs> now I still wish. Who was he, it? Was it like the daily wire or. It had uh, to be, I don't know why he would have even called on them, frankly, but it had to be. One of I the mean, crazy. I don't know. I, but yeah. but shouldn't have done it. I mean, my, my assumption is it's, you know, I don't know who else besides Fox news yeah. is, is considered to be media. Some of the shouldn't guy, be can Google and allow in the room, Google. but I'm yeah. sure there's yeah. a couple of them that we, as yeah. we always do, say, yeah. oh, let's be nice. You guys can come in. Sure. You know, remember no. John, yeah. John mm-hmm. uh, Aravosis here, one of the mm-hmm. first times a lot of the world had heard of John Aravosis is when some guy named Jeff Gannon was showing oh, up at, uh, in the white. See, I remember this, John. Yeah. Was showing up in, in the press pool or in the, you know, the in the, the press Bush. room. Press room, yeah. And asking questions of President George W. Bush, and brother's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yep. What, uh, was, his, what was his website again? Uh, w. Bush. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Well, I mean, I don't remember the URL anymore, but it was uh, he was he had some ridiculous name, and I can't remember. Oh God, I do, um, oh God, yeah, because it was it was like a it was a basically he owned all these URLs that sure sounded like gay porn. <laughs> they all Weren't sounded they? like gay I mean, porn. Wasn't he a, wasn't he a, a gay? Um, he was like, a hooker. Yeah. He was a he was a gay hooker. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out and, he'd started some site. By the way, I mean, this is where we won't get into it. I'm glad our never Trumper friends have joined us in fighting Trump um, and whatever. But this is where some of them would have to admit that the roots to some of this shit were planted. Very many of them, if not most of them, earlier on during, say, Reagan and George W. Bush, because that guy was literally a propagandist that somebody decided was worth placing probably Ari Fleischer that 
I won't even say it, uh, you know, decide was worth planting in the room, um, you know, and asking just ridiculous softball questions they could hit out of the park. It was propaganda. Let me ask, talk. I want to talk really quick along those lines about Peter Ducey. Called on him, you know, the Fox News guy. I'll give him credit. Yeah. You know, they call on him every time. And I mean, I say I give him credit, meaning, <clears throat> again, they're trying to get back to normalcy, even though Fox isn't real news. They're still, and I will say, Ducey once, I think we talked about this, defended like uh, Jen Psaki on Fox. Somebody was saying, you know, criticizing her press conferences. And he went, no, 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 no. He goes, she's out there every day. She calls on me every day. If she wanted to bury stuff, she wouldn't call on me. I asked her tough questions. I'll give him credit. Good for him for that. It was was wild. Yeah. But well, no, but my point is that it shows you sometimes wooing these guys can have some benefits. In any case, he calls on Peter Ducey. He he might also be doing that to protect and make sure she still keeps calling on him. He may, but so what? (laughs) I know it's true. The incentive system is lined up so that I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he now is having to kowtow a little and tell Fox news good things about her in the white house because he wants access. Great. (laughs) I mean, one of the biggest problems with our system right now is that a lot of the incentives are broken so that you're incentivized especially in the Republican party, but in a lot of part, you know, a lot of our politics and frankly beyond to, to behave badly. Right. So the Republicans don't cut you out, but yeah. So let let me move on with the, with real quick though, with Ducey's thing. Okay. And then we really then have to get back to Biden. (laughs) I mean, I feel like everything else we've been covering here is important. Uh, Okay, good. No, no, this, this is Ducey's question. I want to cover Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So he gets called on and he says something to the effect of, you know, how you explain to Americans why you tried to move the country so far left in the last year. And this is the problem. Biden does not give good answers to these things. Really doesn't. I mean, he was smart and not senile, which is, you know, which was important because that's what they were claiming, but he, he never had a good comeback for any of this stuff. And what bothers me is, you know, no, and I wish he had said this, you know, when Republicans get elected, nobody asks them why they try to do Republican things. No one asked them why they tried to do the actual things they got voted into office to do. He, and first of all, he could say democratic. He could say, no, they're not even democratic things. The Ameri- on this issue, on this well, issue, on this issue at 70 percent. Why right. do, do we always let Republicans jam things through? But when Democrats get elected and actually try to push the things they got elected for, we always talk about, oh, it's Democrats trying to do democratic things. But it pissed me off because that was. Yeah. So, so you mean you you were pissed off that he didn't respond to that one? Probably. Well, pissed off he didn't respond, and, and it because it, it well, it's we should be prepared for that one dichotomy right. there's, that they throw at us. Right, there's, Ooh, there's like these ten thing. or twelve things, and a lot of them, you know, probably yeah. I'm just estimating here that are completely asymmetrical as to what's expected of Democrats versus what's expected of Republicans. Yeah, you know, and we've talked about some of them on the show. Yeah. Sometimes they're expected right? to move the country right, and that's okay. When they right, exactly. They're expected yeah. to move the country right. They're expected, you know, I, I've talked about this before here. This was in a pre, in the pre, let's call it Rachel Maddow era, you know, at, at um, MSNBC. You know, I used to go on and some a few of those clips went viral because I didn't understand that liberals were, were expected to just be nice and be pushovers. Like right. that didn't make, I mean, I didn't ever even thought about that. So I'd go on, argue with conservatives and I would do what I would think I should do, which is rip their bullshit to shreds. Right. What ended up happening was I, I know this because a uh, personality inside MSNBC at the time told me I was banned from the network for a couple of years hmm. right. because, you know, the expectation is no, no, no. It's conservatives who are mean and nasty. That's yeah. just, that's their yeah. role they get to play. You're yeah. supposed to play the role of passive yeah. and nice. And, oh, isn't that guy silly for what they're saying? You know, yeah. that's the role. And, and I, I didn't play an archetype, so I got in trouble. Like, they're just these things like that. 
you know, and yeah. and we don't we the the part of messaging and part of like you know being being willing to step forward and yeah. sort of reset expectations is blowing those things up and we don't do it. Yep. Yeah. Actually, you know what he should have said? He should have said, Peter, every time we elect one of your guys, because I would have loved that just to kind of make it like Peter's a partisan, right? Every time yeah. we elect one of your guys to office, they move the country to the right. But that's okay. You know, it's okay for a Republican to do, and you have to find the way of saying it, but it just, it pisses me off because there is a, a, a subtle understanding that just by saying move left, people would go, oh, he has to defend well, himself. We're not moving left. You know what I mean? No, Whereas you're right. Moving right is totally, of course. But I wish he'd left. even make the broader point, to be honest with you. I wish huh. he'd say, you know, Peter, every time we've elected, we've elected one of your guys. And let's be clear, um, we've only elected one of your guys with a majority of the vote of Americans who went out to cast votes that day since 1988. We've only done that once. Right. And yet every time one of your guys has been by the rules of our system has ended up in office, we right. they have pushed the country in a direction that that a majority of people in, in most cases voted against. But right. they've had a, but they've had a working majority in Congress. And those are the rules. Are, and so we've allowed that. Why, when I won more votes than anyone in the history of the country and when I take have a House and Senate majority, why would you expect me not to, to stand up for what I've made clear? I believe in are my priorities. And they're clearly the priorities of the American people. If you look at right. polling, right, right. You know? But anyway, this is this is part of that larger messaging we need to do because we have seeded the point that moving left is bad, but moving right. Mind you, think about it. You could, short of you know, literally authoritarianism, and even that they've now they've now made normal. Um, there is no there is literally okay. Short of you know extermination camps, there's no right wing thing you could do that's unacceptable. You can't go too far right. In, in Republican politics, in Republican politics, certainly, and in terms of what they're willing to do to the American people. There's literally nothing. They can create Gitmo, which is, is literally against, you know, and it's still there. And Obama, by the way, tried to close it. And Biden has tried. I think they've gotten a lot of people out of it, but it still exists, right? I mean, unless something happened when I didn't notice it. Um, I mean, <laughs> what was, I mean, is, is that different than the Gulag archipelago? Archipelago, yep. <laughs> Yeah. Um, is, I mean, it's, it's insane. Now, it, it applied to a very small group of people. It doesn't change the fact that it was bad and it was anti-American. And quite frankly, like, again, they can do that. They tortured people. They can do that. Donald Trump can ignore all international treaties and, and, and assassinate Soleimani. By the way, it was an awful person, and I wasn't sad to see it blown off this yeah. earth. But it didn't change the fact that there still are rules of engagement. I don't. I don't agree with you on all this stuff. By the way, just to just to put that out there, I don't want to get into okay. all of it. But drones, I'm fine. I'm not with talking about drones. Breaks. I'm oh, talking about in that case, he was he was not an independent actor. He was the head of the Republican Guard, a member of Iran's government. That's oh, not, that could be sorry, the Soleimani thing. That's different. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was. I was thinking you meant one of the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. No, no. no if you were if you were talking to me about Al Qaeda terrorists and drones, you and I would be on you and I would be on the same team. Oh, one. yeah. No, no. That was the crazy thing where we decided to go after somebody in the Iranian government, which was a little asking no, I mean, more. <laughs> there'd be the equivalent of if somebody somebody droned the head of our CIA well, it or was, FBI. It, I mean, I not mean, to get too off topic, but it it is dangerous as fuck. It's not just illegal. That's my point. <laughs> dangerous that as, was actually yeah. an act yeah, yeah. of war by Donald yeah. Trump. Iran right. could have responded in some way. Let's get back and, to Biden. I mean, we'll okay, that one just, up. Let's yeah. Get back to all right. So, but I mean, I do think even all of this is important in terms of the context of like, 
They can never go too far to the right. They can yes. never do something too nasty. They can never actually break the rules right. or the laws too much. Yeah. In a way, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, and this is a, a fundamental asymmetry that we need to take on and destroy, you know, in the media, and we rarely do. Yep. Yep. So um, I agree with you on that with Biden. I think overall, I saw part of it. I thought, you know, he actually did do a great job of being on message, of being strong, yeah. of responding to those kinds of questions, as you said, without getting, you know, nasty and but 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 with strength. It was good overall. He's not like well, he's was, not an Obama or well, Clinton thing, or Reagan correct. or Kennedy correct. type communicator. He's, he's never going to be a correct. He's never going to be an Obama or a Clinton type communicator. Um, he was good enough. We'll put it that way. Now, he did, you know, a couple flubs. Well, one was a missed opportunity, sort of a, the election integrity thing was a missed opportunity. Well, I shouldn't say, yeah, it was a missed opportunity, I think, because he should have hit back hard at them. I think they brought it up. The Russia thing, he definitely flubbed. He had he had made a comment about, uh, you know, what they were going to do, what we we're going to do to Russia if they invade Ukraine and all of this and made a comment about how, you know, it also depends what they do if it's a minor incursion. And it was like, oh, God, no. And he didn't mean a minor incursion, which is what he said. And then they walked it back quickly, which is good. He, but it may, he made it sound as if, well, if, you know, if, if, you if they just take it, a chunk, like the size of the go. If they take a chunk and it's a small enough chunk, we're okay. That's not what he meant. Thank God he clarified Give it. Give him the peninsula is what well, Exactly. Well, and they've already got the peninsula. They've got Crimea, but, um, but, but what he says he meant, and I think it's true, but he has to be careful with this. He meant, you know, if they decide to do more cyber stuff, but you do things short of invasion to fuck with Ukraine. You know, it's not like we're going to we're going to do things commensurate in response, but we're not going to, you know, go ballistic like we would with earth crushing sanctions because they did a cyber attack necessarily on, on Ukraine. Right. So that was OK. It just but it was a bad turn of phrase. that's being used against him. The other thing this one I want to talk about more because this is something I know you'll have hot feelings about. Um, he gets he gets asked about whether he has confidence in the election this coming year, the 2022 elections, uh, if we don't get all the voting rights acts, voting voting rights legislation passed. And he said, basically, no. He goes, no, I'm very worried about what's going to happen if we don't get th these you know, protections in place. Now, and I love this, all the media, and I watch CNN, right? All the media on CNN that is very, 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 um, very. Uh, supportive. No, but I mean, but they're very supportive on the insurrection thing, right? They are, they are the first ones to say, these guys are, it's a coup. They're trying to steal our elections. They're, they're the, literally to wipe out our democracy. And then when Biden says, if we don't address that, we can't trust the elections, they literally are saying nonstop the same messaging about not trusting the undercutting. Right. He's elections. claiming, yeah, of course. I mean, and the I'm fact just, that he's doing it if, and they won't give it because this is what they're awful at is giving context. Yeah. The fact that he's doing it as opposed to Trump, who's making shit up that was rejected by every court and everybody else and, and is, is pure fantasy. And it's like the ghost of Hugo Chavez. <laughs> created the voting machines and made it yeah. so that they flip. I mean, actually, yeah. that was a Republican conspiracy. There was yeah. some Italian guy who put something in the machine. I mean, the, they came up yeah. with this, this. I mean, it was Jewish lasers level insane is yeah. what it was. Whereas Joe Biden is saying quite, you know, as you, you would expect somebody uh, in, in a quite straightforward language, would the, the, let me translate. If we can't be sure in the end who is counting the votes, and that it's going to be nonpartisan, if we can't be sure who is deciding who will allow people to vote, and there's right. not a standard in place, as there had been since the Voting Rights Act until the Supreme Court gutted it with Shelby versus Alabama. Now, I guess that's nearly a decade ago now. If we don't, you know, 
if we don't have that, we how can we? Of course, we can't trust the results. Well, they're literally trying to steal the election. I mean, this is your fucking talking point. They are literally trying to steal the election. Right. And you're telling, I mean, and, and so they just now, had a coup. They literally <laughs> they they had people marching on well, the that, they, they wrote that, memos that we have. There you go. They that talked is, about that overthrowing an election. Being, they put fake electoral is, votes into the archives from eight states. Well, but Cliff, this is why I'm saying he was okay yesterday. He was he was knocked out in terms of showing that he wasn't uh, deranged. You know what I mean? I mean, but I mean, and I, I'm not saying that mockingly. I mean, they kept saying he was brain-addled and everything else. He proved he wasn't. That was great. But he gave really mediocre answers to a lot of questions because he just doesn't have well, that the problem kind is of he's not. He never was great at that stuff. You so know? I. I I, I don't hold him as responsible because I think he – got to grade him within what his abilities are. No, it is who he, he is, but but Cliff, but you know what though? But that is an – yes, but I'm still lamenting the fact because that is the number one thing you were briefed for. Two things, two or three things. One, you know, COVID, inflation, and the coup. Those are the three big things you were – all you had to do was pivot back to your coup talking points and say – we had an attempted coup d'etat last year. If they were successful, and they are still executing it, they are still trying to overturn the election next time, whether it's this fall, certainly with the presidential. In this many states, yes. you even could say this many states have passed voting rights, you know, uh, yeah. have passed legislation to take the vote yeah. right. This many states are purposely taking yeah. it out of the hands of independent boards and handing it over to Republican yeah. led state legislatures that are gerrymandered into power. Right. And you say and you say they are literally trying to overturn and overthrow our elections and our government. So if we are not successful in stopping them, they will make our elections illegitimate per se. And you all know that. And they, I mean, if anything, I actually like that line of everything you said the best. And you yeah, all know you that because this... they do all fucking know it. They right. pretend they don't when they write their stories. And I've said a million well, times before, it's the political reporters there. are the only yeah. reporters that exist who make themselves play dumber yeah. when they're writing about the topic that is they're supposed to be experts on they're being science reporters, again. food reporters, yeah. you know, everything else. They want to yeah. inform as much as possible. Yeah. Political reporters have to not write context. They actually yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump said, don't trust the election in an attempt to overthrow the election. So when Biden criticizes Trump for trying to overthrow the election, he's undercutting the election. It's like, but again, they fucking know better, but this is where they're, it's not that they're duplicitous. This is what I talk about where something's got to change in them because they're thinking under the old rules. They're thinking on the old rules where, where Trump was asked, will you accept the results when of the election? Them, are you talking now about media. Democrats or media? Media, media. media is well, working media under the old rules where when Trump was asked, will you trust the results of the election? We were all assuming the election would be fair. <laughs> That's why we were outraged that he wouldn't answer the question. But now we are legitimately worried about whether the elections will be fair, A, and B, whether they will be stolen after the fact by illegitimate secretaries of state put into power and uh, Republican legislatures. That right. is a and real again, concern. We've been having people oh. from the inside who are either insiders now or former insiders saying this, right? And I've talked about that here, hmm. that it's gotten better. It still is not close to where it needs to be. Yeah. I, I, I think we should have, I've thought about this, and hmm. I actually already asked. So here, I'll ask you live on the podcast, John. No, um, hmm. I mean, hmm. I, I, you know, Dan Frumkin, terrific reporter, used to be at the Washington Post. Yep. Now is a, is a media analyst and talks about this stuff all the time. The media not doing what it needs to do and not being where it needs to be, right? Um, right. Margaret Sullivan, who used to be the public editor of the New York Times, who decided they didn't need a public editor, which yeah, made yeah, laugh. It wasn't so. Yeah. Um, wrote a, wrote an op-ed on this. So did Dana Milbank at the Washington Post, 
you know, I mean, there, there are folks, most recently I was a friend of mine who we've had on this show before, Matt Robeson, who hosts what's mm -hmm. it, Beyond Politics, his podcast in New Hampshire with former Congressman Paul Hodes. They had on Mark Jacobs, who's a former editor at, um, it was a former editor in your old town, you know, at the mm -hmm. Sun Times and then the Chicago Tribune. I feel like at the Tribune, he may have been the op-ed page editor. Like, you know, somebody high up in this business. Right. And now that he's a free agent out there, he's out there just saying, the way I used to cover these things, he just went on their podcast a couple of days mm -hmm. ago. And he was like, the way I used to cover these things in the 90s, you know, whatever, where we had to sort of, you know, believe that both sides were arguing their beliefs, both right. sides within a democratic system, both sides were arguing and fighting for their beliefs. So we had to have some equality in coverage. He's like, that doesn't, that system fails when one yep. side is actively trying to overthrow democracy. Yeah. At that point, you need to become a partisan for democracy. And yeah. You need to be very honest with people about what's going on, you know, and, and you know. And he had a number of important points in this interview. So there are people out there who are pointing this out. Besides us, obviously, it's just there. You know, hopefully, it's growing in number because the media is still treating this like it's the '90s, and it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No. But I would say to you with the Biden, you know, <laughs> the Biden stuff. I would say, you know, Democrats smartly need to sort of say to themselves. Hmm. Hey, you know, Joe Biden did a good job within a certain framework in this. In this, he's never going to be the natural communicator that some folks are. Right. But we have those people, right? Like we have Amy Klobuchar. Right. We have uh, Eric Swalwell. Right. We have Ruben Gallego, who, by the way, I'm hearing is there's a good chance will challenge Kirsten Cinema. Good. Well, he's from, been he's from, been vocally taking her on, which has certainly been preparation yes. for a possible attempt. Yes, I've heard for people from people behind the scenes, and, and like <laughs> the polling right now shows he'd beat her by forty something. Points you know what? I've got to reach out to him again because Ruben. I mean, like, you know, I he's know fantastic. Ruben, so to speak, but but he kept telling me, yes, 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 I'll do the podcast, and then his staff kept blowing us off. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I him too, to, just by I mean, just I randomly because yeah. I was doing some political work for hmm. a larger group in Arizona. And this is back when he was running for Congress. And he seems, I mean, he's terrific at what he does. He seems very genuine. Um, but he, I mean, he's good with messaging and that stuff. And so we we know we've got these folks. Yeah. I've, I've come to the conclusion. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to even sort of cast aspersions <laughs> on individuals. I'm mm -hmm. going to say that to me, I've come to the conclusion after a while now that the, the combination of that are, are, overly genteel persona when we're watching the other side do what they do yep. our lack of willingness to get nasty with them and to, to, to follow these old rules they don't follow anymore and whatever i really do think at this point it's generational and i really can do I, think can i, we, can I give you a general finish because i've got, I just got one more line which is in, yeah my last line from this is senate house as well as as presidency Sooner rather than later, we really need to move to the next generation. It needs to be Gen Xers and millennials yeah. who need to be yeah. running things at this point. Okay, oh, go ahead. Some of them, some of them. I think there is wisdom. With age. All. There's wisdom all. with age and experience, but some of these guys are really good and they need to be elevated. Um, so get this. So Pelosi gets asked about the uh, stock trading issue because there has been a great, uh, growing push by people saying that members of Congress should be banned from trading stocks. You know, should have to put their stuff in a uh, what you call it um, trust. A blind trust or something, which basically means, you know, you hire an accountant, you tell them generally, well, maybe you don't tell them anything. Actually, you're probably not allowed to tell them anything. You probably no, you literally tell them your goals, probably like, yeah, this is for my retirement or whatever. Have fun. <laughs> and right. I mean, you can't tell them their industries I refuse to invest in because, you know, like I don't want to invest in, in fossil fuels. You know, you could do stuff like that. Well, you could probably but you, do but you that, but, but you've got to be very careful because once you start even saying that, uh, you, then then you're telling them to invest yeah, in solar and, and solar It's more stuff. dangerous because why are you picking and choosing? Well, no, Maybe it's your it, beliefs. 
but it's worse than that because you've now made it clear that what I want you to invest in is solar renewable energy. That's what I'm saying. And now, and now I'm going to start testing legislation. Right. You may be pushing people towards things where you're, I think you literally have to just say, I can't control it. I cannot influence it. You know why too? Because guess what? Then he starts shorting uh, oil stocks, knowing you're going to pass oil legislation. I mean, any case, it doesn't really matter. Bottom line is, Everybody kind of thinks that they really shouldn't be trading stock in companies and you know things they're legislating. Pelosi today said, I love Nancy, by the way, but let's look at this. I do come down always in favor of trusting our members, trusting them to yeah. regulate themselves with regards to not double dealing. Really? I mean, you're, I, you're, that, you're is, a, that is Marjorie just, Taylor Greene at this point, just to pick God. one, has now spent yeah. what? It was almost half her salary, half her salary on fines. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. to wear a mask on that. On the yeah. Well, yeah, that's, you know, the, that's representative of somebody I, I mean, would trust. And that's an awful statement. I think that I've, I've always had bad feelings about Nancy Pelosi. I think she's been one of the, she's been an LBJ master legislator <clears throat> with literally yeah. few pay, peers in the history of this country. Yeah. She has not been as good about messaging. And honestly, at this point, I don't think she should be out front on this stuff. Because I don't care if she's the speaker. The speaker doesn't have to be the person they're sending out to talk about. Right, this. right. I mean, that is, a, yeah. that, that, that will, that, was that just, statement is bad. That was horrific. Yeah. 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 It looks bad. It looks bad. It looks patrician. It looks um, the whole thing about we, you know, exactly. We're above the rules that, by the way, the rest of us can't insider trade. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those rules apply to us. I mean, like, you know, it's, we're, it's Trumpian in the sense that we're above the rules that apply to everybody. No, I just think it it is. I think she is a good human being. I don't know why she would say something like that. I always come down in favor of trusting our members. Oh, God. All I can think of is, you know, sadly, that there's some people who I know. have told her that, they're, that they they want to still be able to trade stocks. And she's yeah, it's going to cost them a lot of money or something if they don't get to right. trade their stocks or something. And yeah. I'm sorry, but again, like, you know, this is a choice. No one made you, yeah. made you run for Congress and no one's making you stay in Congress. Yeah. And in a way, <laughs> if that means some of the older, I mean, I know what you're saying, John, there's some, there's, there's wisdom, <laughs> but, but. No, I mean, at this no, point, no, this feels wisdom. old to me. I agree with you. There's this wisdom is, that's in why Gen, I brought it up. There's <clears> wisdom <throat> in Gen yeah. X, early 60s, or, you know, I guess at this point, late 50 somethings. And, you know, even in, I'd go into early 60 somethings. There's wisdom like in, in 40 somethings. These are still people that have had a good amount of experience in life. The, the ones that have now reached the, 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 you know, the generations beyond that, who are now 70s, 80s, as far as I'm concerned at that point, at this point, you don't, they don't yeah. seem to, to a person get the culture we're now in whether it's briar who's sitting there like oh the supreme court's working okay i'm gonna stay here or it's merrick garland you're like oh yeah you know although he may be younger and maybe i don't know it but he certainly acts like he's of them or it comes to some of our leadership like they're just people that don't seem prepared for the battles that we're having today no i agree anyway like i said that's why i brought it up because i think that fits in with your with your messaging on that um you know the uh I, i don't what do you think of ukraine I think let's talk about Ukraine for a little bit and then we can move into I mean honestly there's not much to say in the filibuster stuff other than why why do the democrats do it but um but we can get into that but let's talk about Ukraine first since that's heating up. I well, I'm suspecting you like I am a little more hawkish on defense stuff, national security. Uh I am um to the right I of mean, Glenn Greenwald on in terms of uh Russia Ukraine. <laughs> well, I mean I don't believe in turning over our country. He's been whoring he's been whoring for Russia again. I mean that's all he ever does. So um so interestingly, I have had this is one guy 
I just want to point this out to people for people who are listening who are on Twitter and whatever, because they're out there now. And it's not a surprise. Putin, whoever gives the orders is given the orders. They're out there now in force. And their talking point is the same. Um, There's one guy who's an American, like I don't even know who he is, who chose to go live in Moscow and was uncovered by BuzzFeed in 2018, 19 as being behind a website because he's too stupid to hide his name that was trying to to take apart with dishonesty um, all of the ties between Trump and Russia. And Ooh. he was working at some Russian from think Russia. tank. <laughs> yeah. From Moscow. Yeah. And, now, and yeah. he goes after people on Twitter who, who point things out, and he came after me. He's the only one who's like a real person that uh. I can tell, but some of the other ones, and their talking points are the same. So you know that this is it, which is you can't be opposed to letting Russia take Ukraine without wanting war. Right. They'll, they'll go. So you want to I've had literally five different rant, you know, yeah. I'm sure they're bots or whatever. Like, so you want to go to war with Russia then? And the thing is, is that they're saying it exactly backwards. Russia has a military <laughs> and nukes. Yeah. Well, of course, and they don't yeah. have much else. Their economy is shit. Right. Their infrastructure is awful. Right. I mean, their their economy is like, what, 20 something in the world or something. It's, I'd have to look up this exactly like uh, they'd still be we have to- states. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, well, we let them in for a while yeah. because I don't, yeah. they're not one of the biggest. Econ- I mean, California is is on its own, and New York on its own are bigger economies than than yeah. than uh, Russia is. What what the the deal is is that you know is they've got this military might and more of it. They've got nuclear weapons. The point I'm trying to make here is the reason NATO and these types of organizations, European Union, you know, uh, the, those kinds of alliances. Yeah. Were, were founded after World War II is to prevent war. They're number 11, Cliff. Okay. So not yeah. as low as I guessed, but okay, certainly that's not as high yeah. as... Um, They're not G8. They're not G8, right. but they are G20. And, and, right. Okay. So they're even G12. Um, but here's the thing. They, you know, Putin in, you know, is not an irrational actor. He does not want a war. He wants. He's made it clear what he said. He wants to get as much back of the old oh, Soviet empire... Go on. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Yeah. He wants to get as much back of the old Soviet empire and glory because he, he he feels humiliated, right? That, oh, that they had it taken yeah. taken yeah. away from them. Yes. It's scary because it reminds you a lot of Hitler and the things that he said. And I'm not just picking saying, see, he's Hitler. <laughs> if you see, right. if you read Mein Kampf, a lot of that, this is the kind of language of humiliation. France, Jews humiliated us. To him, it's the West. And okay. But, right. um, you know, uh, so so he he will push until he doesn't think he can. And the reason that NATO and these types of organizations were created after World War II was because rational actors will not start a war with one country when it means the force of uh, the might of all of these other ones are going to come down on them. Right. So these people that are attacking you, me, whoever, you know, and trying to 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 sell Putin talking points like, oh, you must want a war with Russia. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. If we don't do anything, there's more chance of a war with Russia because he won't stop. He'll go into this part of Ukraine and I'll go into that part. You know, soon he'll be claiming Poland and and if exactly parts. if only we'd let Cliff, if only we'd let Hitler alone. That's right. If only, if only we let him have Austria. If only we let <laughs> yeah. him have half of Poland. If only we let yeah. him have the Sudetenland and Russia. If only we just let them have Eastern Europe and do what they right. want. But, well, you know, I, and, I, but yeah, and, go, and the go, thing and is, is that nuclear yeah. weapons change the whole equation. There's no winning. Like he can't win that war because the might of all these nuclear weapons, he can, he can blow up the earth. 
but he'll be on the earth. He'll be gone too. And then there's nearly nothing left for him to rule. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the point here is, is that like the, that what these people are trying to do is make you think that you're being a warmonger by supporting Ukraine being in NATO or NATO protecting Ukraine. You're actually doing the opposite because history has taught us again and again, if you don't stop people like him now and make it clear that wars of aggression are not acceptable, they'll do it. They'll keep going. There's my take. You can give yours. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. What the hell is that? Oh, hold on. Let's try and do Hold on. The only winning move is not to play. You're doing war games. War games. Impressive. Because that was what I was going to. What I love is you thought about that because I was. Oh, were you to going there? That. I was. <laughs> and I was saying, to, I mean, that to me, that was one of the best movies in pointing out how. You know, using this creative method, the point there is no winning a nuclear war. Well, actually, though, can I can I jump in a little bit? Because part of the war games thing, though, was talking about mutual assured destruction, which was our strategy with the Soviets and kind of still is today with Russians and probably China, too, is that the idea was, you you know, you create a force. We create mutual forces that can destroy each other, which helps to prevent a war because we all know we can't go there. Now, it's a little bit twisted, obviously, because it's like saying, yeah, let's let's create the capacity to destroy the world and that'll save the world. It's a little, you know, hinky, but, but there is some truth to it. It's meaning what we are talking about with regards to Russia and Ukraine. Well, let me step back a second. What bothers me part of this is, and Greenwald does this people who try to claim like, like you just said, like the, the, the Russian bots that, you know, they're for peace and the way they're for peace is by letting wars happen and letting right. wars letting wars destroy people and kill people and hurt people. And as right. far as I'm concerned, there is very little difference between Russia going into Ukraine and killing tens of thousands of Ukrainians and some government in Africa starving tens of thousands of its people. I don't see much difference there in terms of, you know, if it were Africa, we would sit there and say, well, no, my, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. Of course, if it were Africa, we probably would ignore it is the problem. But I mean, but I'm we saying for me, long, me and you, stuff. but me and you, like I see people starving and I feel like we should, get, I, I've, I've always had a little more of a humanitarian bent saying, I think we should get involved. Now you don't get involved if you're going to make things worse, right? You, you do pay attention to the lessons of Afghanistan, multiple lessons from Afghanistan <laughs> and also, well, and also Iraq and a part of Iraq's lesson was you overthrow strong men and you better get somebody else strong to take over. Cause what's holding the country together. Well, right. Well, but, the um, other lesson of Iraq right? was it was a fucking idiotic, completely ridiculous war that we should have never gotten into. <laughs> don't lie. Well, don't lie your way into a war because, because you know, the guy tried to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or, you know, believe I mean, that there'd be flowers awaiting you when you yeah. come in. No, 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 that's, in a, an entirely that's different culture. In a, no, yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. My, I've, I'm of a humanitarian bed too, but my belief on this stuff, I think it's remained pretty consistent. Um, which no, no, is, but, but I'm arguing – but I'm trying to get to the finer point of I think there is an inherent contradiction between – and I'm saying this not in a critical way, but in a devil's advocate way maybe. I think there's an inherent contradiction between people on the left who say you know, they're pro-peace and they're pacifists, but they're willing to let – countries run roughshod over each other and to draw the lesson well look how bad afghanistan went and i'm like you know that doesn't mean you don't you know so guess what serbia and bosnia went pretty well we went in and we saved the fucking bosnians from genocide and it worked and things didn't spin out of control there's no after effect we're looking at today other than it pissed off the russians sure but you know what yeah like the Republicans, it pisses off the bad guys when you try to you know do good things. But yeah. but I think I think there is I can get it if you're a pacifist pacifist and it's literally your Gandhi, 
and you say, I don't care who I cannot bring up. I cannot raise a weapon. Okay. That's one thing. But I think when we claim to be for civil rights and human rights and all helping the downtrodden and all of that, and then we say, but it's okay if a country beats the crap out of another country and destroys it. I don't think that's. Well, I have the same theory on that. It's It's a human nature theory. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing I say when Democrats refuse to fight back against someone like Donald Trump, who'll get people killed from right. COVID and coups and everything else. And we won't stand up to him because if you don't, that's the only language people like that understand. Right. right? Uh, they don't understand. You can be a pacifist. That's wonderful. And then he'll just come in and take you over. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to, to these kinds of bad actors, my, my whole thing is hmm. it can't be a war about aggression. I mean, Iraq was wrong on so many levels. Because it was us going in without proper, like a, a reason to go in, quite frankly, and against the wishes of our allies and others in the region. To me, it needs to be a multinational UN. It doesn't have to be run by the UN, but that type of an effort. You need local players to be willing to go in with you, right? Who are who are of the culture in the area. It has to be done in a way where you're not taking over their country, you're not taking their resources, you're preventing killing, you're trying to prevent genocide. Right. Which is why I always thought we should have gone to Rwanda much, much sooner, Sudan, places like that in that way. But you go in with, you know, with, with uh, I can't remember the name of the, was it the League of African Nations? I'm forgetting and I apologize. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, they have their own sort of group, just the way there's, you know, Asian and, and American, you know, North right. American. And you go in with, with people who locally who, who have at least a much better understanding of the culture, a much better understanding of, what you can and can't, what you can do, can and can't do to to prevent people to come to an agreement to prevent murder, mass murder, and all of that. And so, Afghanistan was a failure. But again, I still believe that the, that a big reason Afghanistan was a failure was that was that it's like um, it's the best way to, to describe this. It's like Pandora's box, you know. Right. At some point, <laughs> I have something I mean, funny to read to you when you finish. But okay, at some point, if you let out the demons, you can't box them back up again. Like right. Afghanistan needed to be handled in six months. Right. We need to go in, get the people responsible, that include the members of the Taliban responsible and, um, you know, and obviously all of Al Qaeda and give people there who, who thought the Taliban were not who they wanted to be under a fighting chance and get out. Right. And so, it was about otherwise protecting people so they wouldn't be massacred there, you know, in a humanitarian effort, not government change necessarily, but humanitarian. That's what it should be in all these other places. So that's where I would agree with you. So this is kind of a segue, actually. So a woman just tweeted on Twitter, but she's she's somebody real. Her neighbor sent her a screenshot of the kids' homework (laughs) and the in Georgia, of course, Georgia, and it says writing writing prompt, meaning like, oh, now you have to do a written response to this one. The topic is the Trail of Tears. Um, you know this better than I do. Tell people what the Trail of Tears is. Trail of Tears was not to put you on the spot, but I'm assuming you know this. Yeah, I do. Um, I want to say, I may get the date wrong, but I want to say it was about 1832. It was Andrew Jackson, our la- one of our most glorious white supremacist presidents, who was thankfully <laughs> yeah. being taken off of yeah. everything and hopefully the money and everything else. 18, start uh, date was 1831. Very good. Oh, Very so good. it wasn't far. Yeah. And he was president of the country and the Trail of Tears was removing, kindly removing. And this is considered an act of genocide now. If you mm-hmm. move people yeah. from one place to another, because inevitably you take them out of their homeland. They die along the way. There's starvation. There's privation. There's everything. Mm-hmm. We forced them west to kick them out of Georgia so that we could have the land. Right. Um, and the Supreme Court even came so far as to tell them, this will remind you of Trump, to tell them, 
he couldn't do it. And of course, he was, I, I think the famous remark was, did John Marshall, the Supreme Court justice, the head justice, it was like John Marshall's made his decision, now let him enforce it, or something of that nature. He was, you know, there's a reason that Bannon always cites Andrew Jackson, right? And has a picture, and, and that's who uh, Trump put up on his wall, chose to put an image of Jackson on his wall in the, in the West Wing, uh, or in the, the Oval Office. And I should tell you everything you need to know about Andrew Jackson. Okay. So here's the, and then, and then I have another little thing to tell you, but okay. So here's the homework assignment for the kid, the trail of tears, write a letter to president Andrew Jackson from the perspective of an American settler. Explain why you think removing the Cherokee will help the United States grow and prosper. (laughs) Can you believe this? It looks real Cliff. (laughs) I, I don't know. What grade is this? I don't know what grade. It's Georgia, though. I don't know what fucking grade. It's got to be. Well, no, but I think, I mean, on a high school level, you may have to understand this. I don't think that that's so crazy to try to understand. I mean, if you're saying, write it from a settler. If you're saying, ah, okay, like, you know what? You know what? We didn't see item nine. What if item nine said, write a letter to Andrew Jackson, you're a Cherokee. Explain why you think removing the Cherokees will hurt the United States and is wrong morally or ethically or whatever. So they yeah. could have made the kids write both sides, which, mind you, parents today could not deal with. B- parents on either no. side politically, I think, couldn't deal with it. But that would be an interesting lesson. Right. The so only problem is, hoping, is, that, is that I making you the Nazi card, though? Is that making you right. the Well, Nazi maybe card? where I misunderstood you, what I was hoping is they'd have a settler write. They'd have them maybe write, well, it may help us. We'll have this land to sell and whatever. However, it would not be the ethically right thing to do because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You can actually – understand both that there are things that benefit you economically yes. plenty of them out there that well, are fucking wrong so you don't if do they it don't even, they don't even need to fucking write it that way right. write right. write an explanation as to why president andrew jackson thought expelling the cherokees was good for the united states part exactly. two write an explanation as to why um expelling the cherokee would be bad for the United States and or is bad is bad period or something like that. But you could present it in a way that isn't put yourself you're in right. the shoes of a, put yourself in the shoes of a Nazi. Right. It's no, you're right. Big, I mean, but, uh, you know, my assumption here is, risky. I mean, remember yeah. there's a teacher, something went viral and she ended up getting fired. Who was like on, on Thanksgiving was like doing a native American dance and going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean like right. really offensive shit in front of right. the class. And somebody started getting, I mean, there are stupid teachers of all kinds out there. Right. The right right now is trying to turn this into a thing where there's some conspiracy because what they always do of like left wing teachers trying to tell people that, you know, uh, the the whole CRT thing is happening, you know, in fourth grade or something. And it's not. (laughs) That's my problem is that they're, 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 they're doing what they usually do. You will get bad teachers who will both be Nazi sympathetic and will also be crazy left sympathetic. It's going to happen. Can I read this to you? Go finish. finish, finish. finish. No, finish. I'm reading, I'm just reading the Wikipedia thing on the Trail of Tears, and it brings up a point that you and I have brought up a lot. Um, So they were five civilized, five tribes were forced to move or to whatever, forced to migrate. They they forced them to move, and I think they ended up in a lot, and they mostly ended up in Oklahoma. I feel like some others ended up in, may have ended up in parts of Arkansas. I don't know, but yeah. Um, Members of the so-called five civilized tribes, the Cherokee, Muskegee, Seminole, Chickasaw, and Choctaw Nations, Paren, including thousands of their black slaves. Interesting. I clicked right. to read through the Native Americans long held slaves. They didn't really distinguish based on skin color. 
if they had, they said they, there's differing views on whether they'd met, whether they had a lot of back and forth with Africa because of, you know, their boats and stuff, but they absolutely held slaves of all colors. And especially after they met the colonists, they then had between 147,000 and 340,000 yeah, slaves. But I knew this. I mean, look, you know what else they had? They had I mean, other Native Americans as slaves because when they were correct, in wars, correct. they t- and that's something that's as old as like ancient history. Greeks, Romans, look back. I mean, a lot of, back in you know if you if you if you look back in history, it, it often wasn't just a racial thing. Yeah, it was a we defeated you thing. Now here, well, it, a lot of it became yes. about race in the United States. But for, my point is white. finer than that. It's not only about what race. the motivation yeah. is. The point is. I think, and I think we do this on the left sometime, and this is what is fueling the whole CRT thing, you know, critical race theory, all the crazy shit. You know, DeSantis is doing more crazy shit this morning in Florida. Um, the, the, it, what is fueling it to some degree is our guys overreact a bit. And our guys on the, and I'm talking maybe more the far left, but they get vocal on this stuff, right? And they, they try to portray, you know, we're not just the bad guys, but we're the unique bad guys, right? That that the idea that Americans would come in and enslave other people, no one would do that. And it's like, especially the Indian. The, the problem Americans, is, is just, that it's the far. You, know, you start arguing with people on the far right, and they come at you with that, like, well, you know. Yeah. And I think they're mostly. You know, I'm not. Again, I'm not in every school, so I'm sure there's things that are taught differently mm-hmm. in different schools and whatever. I can only speak to my schooling experience. Right. My experience, you know, when we learn these things, I knew. That there were that Native Americans had slaves. I knew that there was a slave trade where black right. blacks in Africa sold other blacks into slavery. I knew that right. Romans and other groups sold other white and all sorts of other you know various peoples into slavery. I knew that what we did having slavery was gross and evil, but it wasn't unique at all. That's the, that's the issue. That's my only issue with it is you don't use that argument to diminish slavery or other crimes, which is what the right does. The right's doing it to actually diminish the crime, but you do use it to fight back on some on the far left that drive me nuts because they present this as, you know, mea culpa America where, right? I mean, think about it. When Trump yes. said, make America great again, and Hillary Clinton said, we're already great. And oh my God, the fights I have with people on Twitter, we're not great. We're not a great uh-huh. country. And you're like, guys, A, if you're, if you're prepared to lose a lot of elections, keep talking. B, I think you're also wrong. And this is right. also part of my problem with 1619 to a degree. I'm sorry, but is, is I think you get into this category. And again, it's this, it's this far left, new left activism. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's not people like us, where there is this, honestly, blame America first. I mean, that that tends to, Glenn Greenwald, right? There's actual animus in what Greenwald does and what he well, writes. There has been for I, a long time with him. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like- Whether I he was on the left or the or the right, there's always been this animus no, there, It's a psychological bruise. It feels like a psychological well, it's because he feels like he, I could psychoanalyze him in a second. He feels like he was rejected because he was Jewish and gay, had to run and, away to Brazil- know, so he feel comfortable and he hates those yeah. who rejected him, which are the, in, you know, whatever. And yeah. give me a fucking break because, and this is also drives me nuts too. Cause you know what? I grew up gay too. I got over it. Yeah. That's, that's painful. Sort of my point, I probably is, have remaining damage from it, but you know what? Get the fuck over it. That's the point. I mean, I've been in places, numerous places know. in this country where, because my name is Schechter, uh, which isn't Schechter Berg and I've got blue eyes. Yeah. Vastly. Berg would have helped you. That still sounds well, a little. No, no, my point but, is they would have yeah. known if it was Schechter Berg. So they probably yeah. wouldn't have said some of the grossly oh, things that have been yeah. said in front of me. Has oh, it really? had any long-term damage on me? I don't know. I, I don't live with it. I don't think about it day yeah. to day. I, you know, but my point is, is that that's not a reason 
to hate. If you hated America, you want to burn yeah. down the entire system Bingo. of your country. Bingo. And when I say I would get quote over Winston it, that's Churchill, I mean. but I don't think he's PC anymore. But it's true. Now. <laughs> oh, they, I just <laughs> heard they removed the uh, the Teddy Roosevelt statue was removed in New York. Just read. Where is this? Uh, let me see. Was, was, was it, was it or where was? Oh yeah, Columbia. Outside I'm trying to remember. New York, Museum of Natu- no. New York Museum of Natural History. It's like Columbus Circle would have been Columbus. It's Columbus. I lived there for a long time. Yeah, I see. Uh, and so my whole thing is, um, again, demo- the, 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 the phrase, whether it's true or apocryphal, which is it's related to this democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. Right. And that's the way I see America, which is do I if I were to put my ideal up there of what we should have been and what we should be, do we come close to it? Not even close. Now, here's but the only you, thing. Well, hold on, just let me finish. Oh, yeah, go on, point go on, go on. But when you look at it in the real world and compare right. it and look at and look realistically, not just like, hey, let's just take a look at Sweden right now. Look at when Sweden was an empire in the 16th century, what they were doing. And my point is, is like Sweden, Spain, you know, the United Kingdom, France, they've all we've all been there. And, and, and same thing with with empires in the Middle East and Africa and Genghis Khan. I mean, 1% of us or something can trace DNA back to Genghis Khan. Do you know that? 1% of people alive on this earth because that's the mass rape and pillage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't white. There's just been a lot of terrible people in history. So that's the way I look at the United States. I can only compare it to what has existed. I've got my ideal up yeah. there in the clouds. Yeah. And I hope we get closer to that. That's, that's now, all now, let me say one thing. I will say this for the for the purity folks. This statue is problematic. I mean, it shows a Native American and a black man. It looks like a slave sort of at, on both of his sides on the ground standing up, but he's on the horse and they're standing up next to him kind of, I don't know, okay. touching. It's the amazing how I, I grew up and spent so many years in New York. Never noticed. I grew up yeah. on the east side. Yeah, I just I'm such so, so oblivious of things. Well, let me I show you. I'm going to text it to you just so you can see it while we're talking. I'm going to look I it mean, up. I mean, the I statue can... is problematic, but here's my problem. Then you take it and you re- you replace it with a different statue of Teddy Roosevelt, and that and that appeases all sides. I sure, think by a controversial removing... Teddy Roosevelt statue removed. But see, that's the, what I think we should do in these situations. Is it needs to be case specific oh my god yes the statue no that you know what i mean when i look at you it's funny i never did notice it but this one this one they've got a point but i think you replace it with another roosevelt because guess what else they did i'm looking down in the article i remember this from previous they hold on a second a monument of thomas jefferson was removed from new york city hall last year after officials voted unanimously to banish it from the council chambers over the former president's history as an enslaver that's the new word by the way enslaver we don't say slave owner because we aren't allowed to use the word slave. Enslaver. Okay. Whatever. I just think, again, I mean, I mean – Give me a fucking break. Well, I'm not going to even say it that way. Like, I'm just going to say in this nice way, there has to be context in all this. Yeah. There has to be taking people in their times. There has to be – that's why, like, I respond to Columbus. He was thrown in jail for genocide by his the Spanish government, and they let him go eventually because they thought he'd be good at plundering stuff for them again. But what he did was so awful that even by their standards of that day, it was awful, right? He There should be no Columbus Day. Yeah. He shouldn't be celebrated. I mean, this is stuff, but when you start going, when you start, when you start talking about, about you know, George Jefferson. Washington, so you're getting into, in Teddy Roosevelt, you're just getting into to more difficult area. And I understand yeah. People's sensitivities. And I understand people. Hey, you know who else were slave owners? Native Americans. Right. Well, actually, I'll go. Let's bring. bring, uh, Go. Go ahead. But this is this is my whole fucking point. Then let's not have any Native Americans. My point is Teddy Roosevelt. If if one can can properly sort of 
you know, and ascribed to people certain beliefs of their time, was probably also anti-gay and anti-Semitic. But you and I don't think of the statue. Gay marriage? Doubt he was good on gay marriage. I doubt he was for gay marriage. <laughs> and I doubt he thought that Jews who didn't who who didn't accept Jesus were going to heaven. Yeah. Or were equal marry stature. One. Definitely wouldn't marry were, one. Just Jew, I mean. A point which is right. like yeah. there just is a point where where you know you have to sort of do unbalance if there were people that did a lot of good things and even they did some awful yeah. things. You, you you have to be we have to I see it as being mature about it all and saying who can who is who are we able to keep because some of the lessons they taught, even if they had shortcomings that were awful, you know, for their time helped set this country up for the future and and in a positive way and the and the rest and got us to where we are. And who are the ones like Andrew Jackson and and Columbus who were so fucking awful they should be removed right. from everything. Yeah. No, but this is anyway, this this is sort of my this isn't sort of this is my point on this, that if we are going to erase statues of all slave owners, then you're going to have a very serious problem with Native Americans. And if you're going to erase statues of everybody who's bad on civil rights, then you're going to have an interesting issue with anybody when it comes to women and gays. Blacks is one category, but women and gays, you're going to have a lot of other people, including a lot of other races beyond white people who aren't going to be memorialized if we look at their history in terms of blacks and gays, not blacks and yeah. Asians. Uh, I mean, look, uh, I've even had to do women gays. Yeah. When we grew up, because when we were growing up, the, and I've brought this up before, I know it's me getting geeky, but the Dunning school, the one that came in that justified segregation, oh. those are the historians of that day. Oh, there was really? known as, and they were at Harvard and Yale and there were some. Really? Oh, that's places. interesting. Wow. They, well, they're the ones who wrote the first draft of history about, about in the 1890s, 1900s, 1880s, about slavery and everything. And you, you know some of the famous works that came from that era. Some of the famous works are, are, are Birth of a Nation and, and Gone with the Wind, which completely made it out like the South was this genteel society that treated slaves well. And, you know, the slaves benefited from having their masters because they weren't smart enough to do stuff on their own. And they were, you know, and all this kind of shit. And, 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 you know, I've had to look back at that era because, you know, who was a key part of that era? The, fir- the person who resegregated government uh, jobs was Woodrow Wilson. And even though he was so progressive, being anti-monopoly, being, you know, it, it being um, for women's voting rights, being for a progressive taxation, the income tax he helped push. <clears throat> right. On balance, I still think the more I've learned, I do think Woodrow Wilson, to me now, justifies saying, oh, I don't right. think we should celebrate him. When you and I were, were in school, 70s, 80s, 90s, he was still being celebrated, and that part of his history was being left out. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We and I do mean, think that we need adults yeah. who are mature to sit mm. there, because no one of these cases, well, there are some cases that are pretty mm. easy. Jefferson Davis is pretty easy. But most of the time, you know, there's more nuance there. And right. I think we have to all come to that decision together. I mean, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, I would still say, you know, hmm. I'll, I'll get in trouble for this, maybe, but he's still my favorite president. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he did some right. bad shit, but he was overall a, a, a progressive in the 20th century version right. of progressive, which means right. he believed in science and reason. Right. And, and he was anti-monopoly, which helped us you know, exit uh, our first Gilded Age so we could rejoin it again now post-Reagan. Um, he, you know, he did some, some very important things. He also went riding a fucking horse into Cuba, which was probably not good. You know, I mean, you know, like, um, or San Juan Hill, but you know, in the war with Cuba and Cuba, Uh, you just like, there, there just has to be, there can't be a place where we react emotionally to this stuff. It has to be taken case by case. 
And, you know, maybe we'll come to different conclusions on some stuff and, and that'll be tougher. But that's the whole point is context and nuance or everything. Like nothing's easy. It shouldn't be. Right. Well, again, I'll, 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 di- I'll contradict myself and I'll be done. Jefferson Davis is easy. <laughs> right. But anyway. Oh, my. Um, I think that's good enough for today. I think it's good enough. Wow. Um, this is a breaking oh, thing. Or what? thing. Um, and it's and important to say, Emily's list. This right. was a big thing. People were asking, what were they going to do? Quote, we believe the decision by Senator Cinema is not only a blow to voting rights in our electoral system, right. but also to the work of all of the partners who supported her victory in her constituents. We will no longer be able to endorse Senator Cinema moving forward. Ooh. Well, that's good. That's huge. I don't know if people get how much money yeah. Emily's list raises for female pro-choice candidates, but it's but I've been on two female pro-choice Senate candidate races in my life. Um, and for each of them, the money they raised was in the millions. Right. They bundle, yeah. they they have wealthier female uh, or women donors who who uh and they bundle funds that they raise for them and end up taking a little bit of money and turning it into a lot. Right. <clears throat> so that's relevant because right now Kirsten Cinema is raising a lot of money from Republican donors who love what she's doing. And I got to say, I just don't know how she I mean, again, I mean, her next move will be interesting. I've said this before. Mm. She can't, you know, Joe Manchin, I've said before, I don't think he can win as a Republican, but at least he has a chance in West Virginia. Right. It's a small <clears throat> state. Right. He comes from a famous lineage. His dad was what state treasurer. And a few, his, his uncle was a, something else, and like, or his uncle was state treasurer. And his dad was mayor of, of, of some town there that they were from. So the mansion name is big enough. Mm-hmm. They're very wealthy, and the governor, current governor, who ran originally as a Democrat mm-hmm. and switched to Republican, Jim Justice, endorsed Mansion, even though Mansion was a Democrat and he's a Republican now. Right. Endorsed Mansion's last reelection against the wishes of his own party because they're good buddies. And Did that guy's the president. Well, hold on. Let me just finish this thought. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is, Manchin, if he were to switch to Republican, I'm not saying I'm just being an analyst right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see the guy fucking you know destroyed electorally. But he at least, if Jim Justice got behind him with a lot of money, with his name there, might be able to fend off right wing nuts in a Republican primary and win and become and stay as a senator if he chooses to become a Republican. Kirsten Cinema, literally, and I'll bet anything you ask me to bet on it, has no chance. Right. All right. Manchin also is the buttoned up, you know, guy, foot, former football star in high school, I think. Who, he looks and acts like a Republican. Right. Kirsten Cinema is the wig lady who walks around in these ridiculous outfits, is an outward, outwardly bisexual, has, has come out strongly as pro-choice. Now, she's, you know, that's the other thing. Manchin is the only, I think, anti-choice Democrat left in there. Hmm. He could switch the Republican Party that way, too. Right. She's very pro-choice. And all the, there's just she cannot switch the Republican Party. She will be fucking destroyed. So she can't win yeah. a Republican primary, yeah. and she's got about a twenty percent approval rating now among Arizona Democrats. I think so she's, she's got, fucked again. What I think she's got some aspiration to higher office. I think she's well, not. That's what they've been saying is that she thinks she can become president. And then, oh my quite God. frankly, I've said I think she's got mental health issues. I've thought yeah. that a long time. Then they're yeah. worse than I than I could even yeah. have thought. Yeah. Because in, in what world she like sees herself as this Democrat yeah. John McCain, which I would remind you by the way, John McCain actually didn't get elected president. Um, right. You know, and, and I think he got his ass handed to him by Obama, some of it because it was the talent of Obama, and some of it was because we just had two terms of Bush, and Bush left, you know, and everything and destroyed. But I think also some of it was that some of the right wouldn't get behind McCain because they still were pissed at him in a right. strong way. 
whose cinema thinks getting behind her? The right will right. hate her, the left right. will hate her. I'm not right. sure where she thinks right. her support's coming from. Well, right. Democrats won't vote for her, and Republicans are going to vote for a Republican. <laughs> so, and she could try to become a Republican, but give me a break, right? That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, think uh, Manchin being a mine owning, anti choice, he's also, yeah. by the way, the only only Democrat, elected Democrat still, at least in the Senate, I don't know about the House, who's, uh, who's against gay marriage. So, oh, Mr. Okay. Like, right. former football player, no wealthy, mine owning, anti choice, anti gay marriage guy, you know, could probably become a Republican and, and, and get past some of his other differences with them. As sad as that makes me, he might have a chance at winning if he were to switch parties. She has no chance. No chance. So, uh, you know, the people that act like she's doing anything that makes any sense uh, doesn't to me. Right. Um, and that's from a pure political analyst. Being objective, which I can do if I'm being subjective, they're both pieces of shit who I hope lose their political careers, all of their money, and end up destitute yeah. and suffering because I fucking yeah. hate them. So there right. you go. All right. Um, we're done, baby. And I'd like to give you one last thing. We are done. Hmm. But Chris Van okay. Hollen, who I also once worked hmm. for for a bit, right. not in his Senate race, senator from Maryland, probably one of the most progressive senators in, in the Senate. Here, here is just if you want to know how ridiculous hmm. our current rules are. How ludicrous this is. Under our current rules, 41 senators representing 11% of the American people can block the vote of 50 senators representing 80% of the country. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can call that whatever you want, but I think we're even giving ourselves too much credit right now when we call ourselves a democracy. Yeah. Because that's not a democracy. That's nothing fucking close to a democracy. Well, like, we're, I would call yeah. us at this point, we're, we're democracy-ish. That's what we are. Right. We're trying to, right. but... I really will yeah. try to not find anything else. Oh, wait, I found one other thing. Oh, what? Howard Stern, bane of like a lot of the left in the 80s because he'd make racist jokes and sexist jokes, anti-Semitic jokes. He knows mm-hmm. Jewish. He just joked about everything. Um, has, you know, he's suddenly become like this, like hesitate to use the term, but born again, like liberal. Oh, and that's good. taken on the right and all sorts of things. He just came out and the right wingers are losing their minds. And a lot of his fan base used to be working class whites, right? Because he'd have right. a lot of like sex stuff on radio that you couldn't do before he came along, right? Um, talking about women's parts and stuff. <laughs> well, um, he said if he, his, his statement is, if I, if, if I controlled the United States, hospitals would turn away anti-vaxxers. I would tell them, quote, you're going to go Ooh. home and die. Woo! Well. Um, my, I, here's my belief at this point. I'm being honest. <laughs> uh. Um I would I, I I would never say turn them away. Um, I, I and I think we've said this before because you brought up the monoclonal antibodies and stuff that right, they get right. first, which right. to me again per, talk about perverse incentives. Yeah. Um, they they don't follow the what the rest of us, and then they get rewarded in some sense, and that they get these things before people that that did you know because they're in worse shape than did get vaxxed and still end up getting this right. sickness. I believe that they should actually and should have to to wait at the back of the line. That is what yes. I believe. Yes. Would I kick them out of the hospital? No, because I'm not a ghoul like they are and what they think. But if you are people who are uh, the, the people who come in, like who are elderly, who did everything right and got right. vaxxed and now are in trouble because of them and are sick, they get treated first. People with yeah. immune deficiency, they get treated first. To me, yeah. w- when you do that and you say you don't trust preventative science, you should be the you should be behind the people that did trust preventative yeah. science and did what they were supposed to do. Right? And I and I do yeah. believe that. Did you hear this uh, folk singer? I tweeted about last night, but this folk singer in, uh, oh my God, I'm already forgetting. That was, was it Hungary? Ah, forget it. Let me pull this up again. 
I think it was Czech Republic, maybe. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It was Hannah, Hannah Harka, I believe was her name. A big, apparently huge folk singer there. Hello, come on. Hannah Harka, she's a big Czech. folk singer where? Hannah Horta, big folk singer. Well, she was in the Czech Republic. Um, okay. Unvaccinated because she didn't, you know, she, she, as her son said, it wasn't like she thought there was a microchip, but she didn't trust the vaccine and thought COVID wasn't a big deal and blah, blah, blah. And well, she's getting her joke of it gone, as we would say. Yes. She, so then her son and her father or husband or whoever uh, catch COVID and she decides to stay with them in the house or near them in order to catch COVID too, because a COVID is a big Oh, and great national immunity COVID isn't a big deal and this way she can get the freedom pass they need or whatever so she can get into stores and stuff because a lot of venues require you to either be vaccinated or have proof of previous COVID infection so she decided this was her ticket for doing it and she's one of the scary cases too she got sick she got better she was I mean, she was recovering feeling much better got ready to go for a walk got dressed her back was hurting her a little so she laid down 10 minutes later she was dead she choked to death because her lungs just shut down. And that's what's scary is that's the, is, is, that, that's the original COVID shit. Remember, that was the stuff when yeah. literally people were getting better and they, I mean, I know somebody that happened to her. Well, because it, it would send your system into shock. You wouldn't know because, if you're, you're, what would happen. I, and I'm trying to remember, you know, I get this wrong, folks. I'm not a doctor, so I mm-hmm. apologize, but I'll describe it the best I remember, which is your system would fight so hard. Yes. Uh, with you know, to oh, get back against COVID that you, yeah. it suddenly would, it would prop you up for a the bit. cytokine so store. You, yeah. Right. So you'd be like, oh, I'm doing okay. And then the, your yeah. whole system would crash. Yeah. Just and, well, and there's a, and, and related to that is you still don't know how your lungs are doing. You know, you don't right. know what you're breathing. People were, <clears throat> remember they were saying some people were going to the hospital with like 80% oxygenation, which is, which is, you know, you should be dead. <laughs> like, or at the very least, you should be, you should be like in the ICU intubated at that point. And they just did, weren't even feeling any worse. They just didn't realize it was even there. Right. So her breathing, her oxygen levels could have been horrific. And, and some of the long-term yeah. stuff is scary. I mean, I was just reading about, you know, I'm a soccer fan, international soccer, because I used to play. There's a team that's, you know. You used to play international more... soccer? I used to play soccer. Yeah, actually, I did, because I went to school <laughs> in England, and I played. I played. Well, there in, you go. In, uh, I played while I was there. It was that's intramural. Your so not as exciting, folks. I don't brag about it. It was intramural, and they hated me. They'd all want to target, quote-unquote, the Yank. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Even um, better, I'm a Jew! <laughs> I know I should have I should have told that like better I'm a Jew and I'm liberal and from New York and yeah. in any case who cares um but so one of their star players he's from Gabon the African country um his name is um Pierre Emerick Obama Yang it's kind of cool because the combination Seriously? of Obama and Yang oh that's funny yeah that's Pierre Emerick okay. Obama his last name is Obama Yang it's spelled A U B E M A Y N G I think so but he when he went to Gabon. To play in this international, because that's a dude. He was on the team Arsenal, which is one of the historic teams in the London area. And he went to play for his home country, and they discovered he had COVID. Let him sit out and sent them right. back to London to to rest and do whatever he needed to do. Well, they've now they discovered lesions on his heart. So Ooh, this from COVID? Yes. Holy shit! This shit's scary in that way, wow. you know. And I, I'm not trying to scare anybody. Like on some level, there you know, there's there's what's the old mind? It's like there's a certain liberty and being fucked and being fucked is like all you can do is shrug and just like do your best mm. i'm doing my best i'm trying to avoid places i've been stuck in a few places where i only had a cloth mask or whatever and i'm like am i fucking myself over or whatever but it, you know I've, I've done everything oh. i can to be as yeah. good as possible i'm double vaxxed i'm i have my, I got my booster 
but like you're seeing some of these things. And so they're now doing medical tests on him. And this guy is a world-class athlete. I mean, I'm talking about probably over the last decade, even a half decade has been one of the, the top 10 or 15 goal scorers in the world for any, I mean, he's that, you know, he's, he's fast as all get out. He's only 31, maybe 32. And like, there are lesions on his heart. What, right. what is the long-term effects of that? I don't know, but it's fucking scary. Right. Take care of yourselves, mask up, yeah. get every wow. fucking vaccine you can get. And now we've gone even longer than we said we we're going to go. I know. So I am I know. One of those episodes. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's Thursday. So we'll talk to you next week. Thanks guys. Take care.